Hello, Naglets. Hope you are well. I hope you enjoyed the last podcast about using creatine. Like, does it suit you? And also just general tips about also when you want to lose body fat, but actually gain a little bit of muscle tissue because you want that tone to look. If you haven't listened to that one, listen to the previous podcast to this one. Today's like a quick sharing one because a lot of people might think I can't relate with them when it comes to struggling to lose weight, which yes, I've never had to struggle to lose weight. I'm not going to lie. When I have gone to lose weight, I have made mistakes where I've done things which I thought would work and they haven't. I've done the whole stupid thing of cutting carbs just to get a bit lean and get a bit ripped up. And it's clearly not worked because I wasn't in a calorie deficit. I was just eating other things to make up for it. Um, or having cheat days or cheat meals, which is basically a high calorie meal or a high calorie day. I've even done the fucking bullet coffee where you put butter in your coffee or coke and coconut oil, I think it was, or something like that. And I'd have that before a training session. They could always oh, going to help to burn more fat and all this shit. And I was even a personal trainer when I fucking did this. A naive, young, inexperienced personal trainer. And I've had work colleagues do it with me as well. And they've fallen for the same shit as well. So I get that side of it. Like not knowing the right information. Having too much information out there. Not knowing what's actually legit, what isn't. I never knew how to read research. Whereas now I know how to look for research. And it is easy these days to find appropriate research. But... We're very reliant on social media to find this research. And it can look very convincing when certain people at a place of power or a place of respect uh, who claim, you know, that this is right just because I've got the title doctor when they're not actually a doctor of food, like a, like a dietitian. And yeah, they, they are putting out these very good looking, very convincing, you know, good looking graphics of this cherry picked study or information or something that hasn't been studied enough and when you're a general public looking at that and knowing people are looking at that who are general population who are already confused and conflicted about nutrition and about weight loss and then you see so many conflicting things like you should do intermittent fasting you need to do keto you need to do Michael Mosley 800 calories and lose a stone in a month which is not everyone's going to lose a stone in a month for starters and why does it have to be a stone in a month anyway To help you understand, I can relate to a point of if you're basically if you're struggling with weight loss or struggling to get started with your fitness journey, either of them or both, is actually through growing up uh, watching my mum do every single diet you can name. And bless her, she's struggled with her weight for years and years. And we had a really good chat uh, the other day on Sunday. I took my mum out because I wasn't able to take her out for a birthday. So I took her out a few weeks later, went for a nice carvery. And, you know, uh, my mum knows she could be quite open with me about talking about nutrition, ask me questions. But I can't coach her because she's my mum. <laughs> As you know, it just does not work coaching your family. It just doesn't. It, it, you need to have something, so, something separate from that relationship to do that. I would trust anybody else I know who's a PT to do that, but it's up to her she wants to do that. Anyway, we were chatting away and we're eating our carvery, our Sunday dinner. And I had quite a, I do have quite a pile on my plate, but it's mostly just veg. I just love all veg. So I got my meat in there. I got one Yorkshire pudding, that's what they give you. I normally have like about a fist size of mash, two roasties, and then the rest is pretty much veg and gravy. 
that's it. But it just looks a lot when you have a bit of everything. Like, I'll just have a spoon of everything on there. It soon adds up because I love all veg, especially red cabbage. Freaking love, like, red cabbage on a Sunday dinner. Whereas my mum, she had just uh, the meat that she picked. She wasn't bothered about Yorkshire's. She isn't that fuss, I know, weird. Um, and she had a couple of roasties and then just both mostly had veg as well and a bit of gravy. That was it. So both sit at the table eating and my mum felt quite full. She actually left some of hers, um, which I know she wouldn't have done in the past. So I think it's quite good. She's she's recognised she's full and she's not going to force it down. And she's like, you know what, I'm full. I just can't eat anymore. And she had, she only left like about a quarter of it, but she didn't go mad of it either. You know, we all we've all done it at Carveries. We actually both laughed saying you could tell people who are new to coming Carveries because they keep going back and forth and overspilling their plates and then they're leaving dying and bloated because we've done it. So we know. Anyway, she was saying she's quite full and she's looking at my plate saying, how can you eat all that? Because you always assume the person overweight is the one who can eat more food than the person who's leaner. It's not the case. It's so individual, this. First of all, I said, you know, explained to her, well, I am a very active person. I'm on the go all the time, as you know. Um, you know, in fact, in fact, actually, I don't eat as big as portions as I used to because I, it's just ridiculous. I just felt uncomfortable before and I hate that. I like being full, but not to the point I'm uncomfortable. Um, you know, it's just painful and it's horrible and you can't sleep very well if you've got to go to bed later and you're still stuffed, feel like you are a turkey fucking stuffed, basically. It's not pleasant and it ruins the experience. It kind of makes you not want to do it again. A bit like me with alcohol. I've had, a, you know, quite a few times where I felt horrifically hungover for days, like it's lasted a week. And that's why I don't really drink. So I hate the effects, after effects of it. Don't mind being drunk. And I like the taste of alcohol. I just don't like the after effects. So that's why I don't really drink. It basically, how I feel afterwards outweighs how I feel when I, at the time when I'm enjoying my drink. So, yeah. So I explained, you know, and also my hunger hormones are naturally going to be probably higher because of one, I'm very active and also because I'm a lot leaner, which is normal. So your hunger hormones, so you've got ghrelin, your gremlin, your hunger hormone. Uh, it's not a bad thing, ghrelin. It's part of your body. It's part of your survival to make sure you eat. And then you have leptin, which also controls your appetite. Um, let's To put it simple, leptin helps you feel full. Let's just say all satisfied or you're good. And I was saying to my mum, the reason you probably don't want as much and because you've taken your time with the meal, because we weren't wolfing it down. We were sitting, chatting, putting our forks down now and again, and then we'd have a drink and then we'd have some more foods. We weren't rushing doing it. We were just enjoying the social and time together. Um, it wasn't about just the food. It was just somewhere nice to go together and catch up. And I said, mum, because you don't take this the wrong way, but you carry more body fat. So actually your leptin levels will be higher than mine and your ghrelin, your hunger hormone will be lower than mine. I said, but this is why I made this point and I said, but it doesn't mean people stop eating just because their bodies are telling them not to. We don't we don't always just eat because we're hungry. And she agreed with us. Absolutely. I said, you know, we emotionally eat, don't we? She goes, yeah. I said, or we emotionally go the other way. We don't eat the opposite as well. Um, you know, you eat when you're happy sometimes. You eat when you're bored. You eat when you're in a social aspect and maybe eat more in a social aspect, which has been proven before. When you're in bigger groups, you tend to eat more. It's like that tribal belonging sort of thing. Or you drink more alcohol when you're with others, um, either because of peer pressure or you go to a buffet and they're like, oh, I paid for this, you better have eat this, even though you're not asked for it. Um, but, you know, you feel that obligation to do that. Um I mean, I know some people who eat, I know it's again emotional, but they're grieving and that's their only comfort or they're in pain. I've got clients 
who I coach who say have rheumatoid arthritis, which if you have osteoarthritis, yes, that can be bad as well because it's um, degenerative over time. But rheumatoid arthritis can flare up over the whole body and it's painful. Um, and the only pleasure they have sometimes is food, but it's only temporary relief. But again, it's a, another factor, you know, maybe a medical reason as well, which is causing you to want to eat maybe for pleasure or to escape for a moment or to enjoy something. And sometimes it's just habit. You know, and the thing is that we're in an obesogenic environment. So this is what I was saying to my mum as well. I said, our environment does affect how we eat as well. So, for example, these carveries, you're encouraged to have quite a bit on your plate and you don't pay a lot for it. The desserts are huge in there as well, where we eat. I mean, they looked fantastic. I fucking love cake. Um, I'll be honest, I did have an apple crumble after and it was a, the biggest apple crumble I've ever seen. I didn't expect it to come out that big because normally they're a bit smaller, uh, but they're very generous. But again, when it's cheap, because it's a cheap place to eat it. It's a very nice place to eat, by the way. Um, I would go back, actually. Uh, the apple crumble was very nice too. But you can see why it can also influence, again, an obesogenic environment. So it's basically when I say an obesogenic environment, we're encouraged to eat. Now, you might think, well, that's it. I'm out of control of what I can do about this. But actually, no, because you are in control of your actions. You are in control of your mindset, your habits, your lifestyle. You can make those tweaks and changes. And this is what my mum, bless her, is actually doing at the moment. She's, She even said, like, um, the other week she had a quite relaxed week. So she didn't feel like she was on it, like mentally on it with her plan of having a free meals a day. She's messaging me, checking what's high protein and getting her veggies in and she's home cooking a bit more. She's trying to get on the treadmill every day for 15 minutes or most of the time, most of the week she will. And and she says, I felt like I had more weight loss, but then some weeks, Nat, I'll be absolutely fucking on it. Like, I know I'm in my calorie deficit. I'm hitting my protein. I've done my steps, like getting me walking and what I've wanted to do. She's up and down playing about with my nephews, looking after my two young nephews who are on their feet all the time. So she has to be on it. And she says, I'll have zero weight loss sometimes or barely lose a pound. And I'll hear so-and-so, like somebody else doing weight loss, and they've lost like four or five pounds in one week. And they're not as tried as hard as what she's tried. And I said to her, as you know, mum, because you follow me, um, fat, what you get on return for fat loss um, from what you put in, sorry, from what you put in, the work you put in for fat loss you think you'd get a great return, but you don't. It's a bit like investing right now in stocks and shares. So me and my missus, we were chatting to our finance advisor a few weeks back. And as we all know, anybody who's got their money in an ISA or in stocks and shares right now, we're taking a big dip because of the economics at the moment. And also, we're obviously, they keep saying we're not in a recession, we're freaking off. <laughs> but obviously, but over time, over, but over the period of time, so we looked from when we first started compared to now, we've still done better, but we're just taking a bit of a dip right now. We've just got to basically surf it. But it's very tempting to take that money out, but when, when we've taken it out, we've lost the actual money, whereas at the moment, we've just lost it on paper. But overall, when we looked at the graph of where we started and where we are now with our savers and say my pension or Steph's uh, savings, we're actually doing better. But if we pull out now, you know, we're not doing so great, uh, then we've actually lost it. So it's a bit like that with fat loss. You put that work in, you're not going to see it straight away. 
you're not even probably going to see it after a few weeks or maybe sometimes a month because it's so individual. And like my mum said, well, why am I getting results from a week of like relaxing? It goes, well, do you think, thinking back, mum, have you actually done everything as you would have done the week before? You just not really thought about it? And she's like, you know what? Yeah, I probably have actually. You know, I've mostly stuck to free meals. Um, you know, I've been busy up and down with your nephews. I've not been on the treadmill as much, but I have been on my feet, you know, like cleaning the house or just doing daily tasks uh, and just sticking with the meals that she's been sticking to. So I said, well, that's good. That means the things you're implementing are becoming quite autopilot. It's becoming a habit. So if you stick with those things and make sure you're mindful of sticking to those things, maybe just write down roughly the week before what you're going to do, then, you know, you, you're probably more than likely to do majority of that. It's just some weeks you're going to feel mega on it because maybe less is going on uh, and you feel like you're putting the work in. And some weeks you'll just be cruising and at least doing what you have to do or what you can do, if that makes sense. Again, I'm not trying to coach my mum. This is just, I'm just helping her figure it out with her. That's it. Because like I said, my daughter, I'm not going to coach my mum. <laughs> um, but yeah, we found it a really interesting conversation to have that. But also when she said about if somebody, basically she just not, this is what she didn't enjoy about slimming clubs and why she's actually not gone back, which I'm kind of glad as well. Um, but she said when she knows somebody else is doing it with her, like say a sister or a friend or anyone like that, if they lose more than her one week, my mum's very disciplined. She's going to do something. She's going to go for it, which I guess I'm about that a little bit too with things. Um, she is so pissed off when someone else does better than her and they haven't put the work in. It feels unfair. It's like, say, doing a multiple choice test and you've put all the revision and the work in. But on the day, because of nerves or because you're tired, you don't do so great. Someone who hasn't revised can happen to tick all the right answers, just sheer fucking luck and do better than you on that test, even though you've worked your ass off to remember. Sometimes that happens, but this is why you can't compare yourself to other people of how fast or slow they progress. The main thing is, are you moving in the right direction? Even when you aren't losing a pound or two, or maybe even gain a pound, first off, are you doing average weigh-ins? Because once a week, your weight's gonna fluctuate especially if you're female. So ideally you need to get an average. So I would say get three to seven days within a seven day period. Um, only weigh yourself once a day. Please don't do three, three times average across a day. Say you do uh, Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday and you're going to pick the middle number to be your average or you end up doing seven days. You add it up, divide it by seven. That gives you the average. First off, make sure you're doing that if you're going to weigh yourself. Um, and secondly... You know, the things you are doing, do they have value to you other than just weight loss? Is it going to help your fitness? Is it going to help reduce your risk of disease uh, or early um, death, should we say? Um, is it going to help give you quality of life because you're having adequate protein to help keep your bones strong? Uh, make sure you maintain muscle so you're not going to age as fast and lose muscle tissue or fall over and break your hip and end up uh, being disabled. Uh, or have to have operations, uh, or if you do have, an have to have an operation, you're not going to recover as fast because your body's mal uh, hasn't got the nutrition it needs to recover. It's not just about weight loss. This is why I would say to people, I wanted to suggest this to me, mum, I didn't think about it, um, but have it as a secondary goal and have um, a performance goal or maybe a habit goal or a lifestyle goal as your main goal. For somebody who's just 
just starting off with weight loss and getting to fitness. I mean, a great lifestyle goal would be maybe just a little step goal. Don't go mad with it though. I don't think I'm going to do 10,000 fucking steps a day because one, it is going to massively increase your appetite and you're just getting into the habit of eating better. And two, you probably won't sustain that. You're not used to doing that. Just aim to do maybe 20% more than what you're doing now for a few weeks. And if you think, you know what, I'd like to do a bit more because you want to, then do a bit more. And before you do know it, on average, you're doing a thousand more steps than you were doing on average. It could be you were doing, say, 3,000 steps a day and now you're doing 4,000. That's massive progress. Your health markers are going to increase because of that increase compared to where you started. Yes, there is amount of daily activity or steps or however you want to measure it for better health benefits for the long term. But getting closer towards those recommendations rather than standing still and staying where you are, which a lot of people will do. A lot of people will think, you know what, I can only do a thousand steps a day uh, at the moment. And if I want to increase it, I can only get to 2000. There's no point when I can't hit 10,000 or 8,000 and they won't bother. When they've said there, I can increase it by a thousand. It's like, it's something, it's somewhere to to increase your health market, somewhere where it's going to increase your calorie expenditure. If say you're doing weight loss or want to manage your weight in future, it's building up from that. And like I say, it's not just about obviously steps. Other performance goals could be building your strength. You want to work towards maybe doing so many push-ups on your knees to start with to build some upper body strength. Then you work up to say you get to 10 reps, think, you know what? I want to do my first push-up on my toes in six months or 12 months this year, which some of my clients are actually working on this year. Um, Some of my clients, because they love weight training, they have uh, performance goals for how much they're going to deadlift. Uh, Some are doing what they can squat, what they can bench, how many pull-ups they can do. Because I have got some females who can do pull-ups. They can do one or two, three, four pull-ups. Some are working towards their first pull-up still, because it does take time. Uh, Some of them just won't become consistent with their weight training because the instant benefit they get from it. You know, like today, for example, one of my clients I was coaching, she had a really long day working at the desk from home. I think we're more inclined to sit down a lot more at home when we're at the desk rather than in an office where you might potter about. And basically, I made sure I got her really warmed up, got her fired up. And she was basically, she benched more than she ever benched today. She was stuck at 40k. And I pushed her up to 42.5k today and she managed five reps on that. Um, I was really pleased for her there. Uh, and a deadlift, overhand grip, she managed two reps on 95 kilograms. She did ask me not to tell what the weight was. We tend to do this and I sort of gauge roughly what I know roughly what she can do and what she's capable of. Um, you know, but these are those performance goals. And she came to me initially um, for weight loss goals, but also her primary goal was she eventually wants children. She wants to be in a fit and healthy position, be able to carry children and be a fit and healthy mom. And also she was sick to death of doing the whole cutting carbs or um, not eating for a day, doing fasting. She, it was just not sustainable for her. And she said, if I want to be a mom and feel healthy and fitter, you know, I need to sort it now before I have children. And I love that. Uh, you know, we've helped strengthen her back up due to an accident she had years ago which again, needs to be strong as fuck when you're having children and got carry babies. Um, 
you know, she's now in such a mint place. She actually can't wait to see what her body's still capable of when she's pregnant. And I'm excited as well. Obviously, we're going to adapt some things uh, and some things will have to regress. But the female human body when it's pregnant is amazing. And last year, I recently qualified as a pre and postnatal exercise instructor. So I'm looking forward to going the full journey um, with this client. I've already been through a full journey pretty much with another client. She's just waiting to give birth and that's very exciting as well. And But I hope today anyway, because I'm going to go off on a tangent, helps you realise with the relationship I have with my mum and some of my other family members, as much as I haven't gone through it personally, I've grown up seeing it. I've grown up seeing what happens back and forth. I do not think my mum is greedy. I do not think my mum is lacking willpower or discipline or doesn't want it enough. She absolutely wants it enough. She doesn't want to feel the way she feels. She wants to be fitter and healthier. She wants to be able to live her life. She feels like it holds her back. And that upsets me as well. Because I feel like, you know, like I thought I can live my life so much more than what she can than she did at my age because my health and fitness gives me access to more opportunities. I can go and try paddleboarding. I can go hiking and go see different places um, of our beautiful country or around the world. Um, I can travel uh, far and long haul and it won't affect me apart from bloody jet lag. Um, You know, it just, and say trying a new martial arts, which I'm going to shortly, I'm going to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. You know, I get that from my experience with my mom. It's restricted her life. I get that she does fucking want it. And I get that it's not because she's greedy. It's a lot of it to do with her mindset, her relationship with food, her behaviours, her actions, and years of years of embedded habits. And it's going to take time for her to get there. And I think she is actually getting there this time. I think she's finally realised I'm sick to death of doing these fucking diets because she does the same ones over and over, expecting different results. And it's always the same. She'll lose the weight, my mum will, because again, she's very disciplined. Even if it's a very fucking hard diet, she will be disciplined and get down to like, you know, like 12, 13 stone. And she's been as high as over 20 stone before. Um, She's not as high as she used to be, to be fair, because she's so active with the nephews probably. And she is more mindful about her food. But she's realised that she just can't sustain them. And she's sick to death of doing it because it stops her going out with a family, stops her coming out for meals because they're so restrictive, some of them. Or they just she realises they just don't make sense, especially like free food. She's like, well, I'm not going to eat abundance and pasta because I know that'll put me into a calorie surplus if I eat a lot of that on top of the food I'm already having or any other food. Uh, she says, I know the point systems are fucked up, all the sins and all that, because it's all based on the products changing and their own products that they bring out oh this is no sins or hardly any but you buy something else which is less calories is more sins it's she gets that she's not stupid because she's done it for that long um but i hope today that make helps you realize i can empathize with how you feel if you you know from from somebody who's got someone who i love and close going through that and also my PT as well, seen and grown up my mum doing that and other family members as well. And I know how, how it can affect them mentally and how it can be more difficult the longer they've been overweight as well. But also I try to remind my mum, don't fucking give up. 
you know, do ask me if you just want some general advice or just send me a picture of things you have and you just want to check stuff, which she has done. Say, look, but I can't coach you because it just won't work really because we're mum and daughter. She goes, yeah, absolutely. I can't be accountable to you. Um, you know, I try pointing in the right direction. If she wanted me to refer to a coach, I'd be more than happy to as well. But if you, at the end of the day, like I just said there, ideally, you, you're best having support. Invest in yourself. Stop waiting for the perfect moment because it's never going to come. It's never going to come. If you're already thinking about it, you're already motivated to want to do it. So just take fucking action. Whether it's with me or somebody else, go and get yourself a coach. Have a chat with them first. Make sure you gel well because you're going to be a team and you're going to be working together and sharing a lot of things with them and putting a lot of trust in that coach to look after you and help you towards getting results, but also results for life and sustainably. I can highly, highly, massively recommend our online group coaching membership Forever Strong because... This is what we do in there. We don't just stick you just in a calorie deficit. Of course, that is the aim if you're doing weight loss. But we look at your lifestyle. We try to help you build an enjoyable, fit lifestyle. It's not about doing loads of burpees and going to the gym seven days a week. Not at all. One of our girls in there right now, she's a paramedic, which is horrendous shift work, as we know. And they are fucked most of the time. But she's done it. She's actually got to a point where I think she's going to sustain what she's lost because she loves what she does she's if anything actually she's she's starting to add more to her life because she loves it so much so now she's going to the gym four times a week doing a push uh, sorry two upper body two leg days because she loves it so much she's um wanting to add a nice little daily walk into routine especially before she goes to work because it helps her mindset out you know it's so rewarding um we had a client today um, message into the group in our check-in she does struggle up and down because of the stress of her work but she asked for help from us and this week she's had a much better weekend um, with the help from all, all myself Kate and Meg who Meg's was actually one of the one-to-one coaches we have a lot of our one-to-ones who also come into the group um, she obviously advised to help give some tips to help manage her stress because that was the issue and she she knew that she nails managing the stress it's going to help with her not less likely going off track to nip it in the bud. So she's not going to go and uh, emotionally eat or not exercise. That, if anything, she's going to do things that will help lead her towards keep doing that. And she hit the nail on the head this week by just simply doing a fake commute as if she's walking to work, um, you know, because she has to drive there. There's always a way of thing to do things but everyone's individual how they need to implement it and that's why having a coach and support there is ideal and our online coaching group is brilliant because it's it's also a community it's a safe and supportive fitness community with everybody who's like-minded just wants to improve their health and fitness some of them are doing weight loss uh, some just want to actually just improve their lifestyles because of long-term factors such as their jobs are in uh, their aging and they just want more quality of life. If this sounds like what you'd love to be part of, we're not taking anyone at the moment, but we will be opening the doors later at the end of the month. So if you fancy now taking action at least and want to apply to join Forever Strong, our online coaching membership, if you send me an email to foreverstrong.nkm, so natkatemeg, at gmail.com, foreverstrong.nkm at gmail. Dot com with the subject line apply, apply FS23 apply FS23 as the subject line 
and we will send you an application form to see if we can help you in our online coaching group. If you know anyone else who'd find this helpful today, please share this podcast with one other person. I'm always grateful for my podcast to be shared out. And I thank you for everybody who's been listening so far and sharing out my podcast too. I hope it's helping others along their health and fitness journey and long-term weight loss as well. Thanks for listening, folks. And I will be back with another podcast next week.